You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Toronto Centre podcast On The Go. I'm Shalina Visram, Program Director from Toronto Centre. Today, I'm in Zambia and have the pleasure of spending some time with Bert Chanetza. Bert is a Toronto Centre Program Leader and an independent consultant. And our conversation today will focus on his recently published book titled Securities and Capital Markets Regulation in South Africa. Welcome, Bert, and thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. Thank you, Shalina, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Great. So I noticed on the cover of your book, it says, A Contemporary View. Can you please elaborate what did you mean by that reference? Yes, indeed. The reference to uh, contemporary is actually quite important in that I am trying to indicate that uh, securities regulation practice is not a static field. Rather, it is dynamic. And you find that, in fact, there is a lot of innovation in, secu- in securities practice. And regulators are always doing their best not to stifle innovation. And in fact, are always trying to encourage constructive innovation. But uh, regardless of their very best efforts, you find that uh, non-constructive even destructive innovation, particularly in product design, still occurs. Now, a reality about regulation is that uh, regulators cannot lead the market. However, they are often hard-pressed to keep up and are really, in reality, often playing catch-up. To try to counter this, the language of regulation is generally broad enough to cover emerging practices and products where the regulation is couched in principles-based and outcomes-based terms. The regulatory perimeter is generally extended through licensing requirements, such as, for instance, IOSCO Principle 7. Another contemporary dimension is that collaboration between regulators and the industry is pursued. And this is particularly evident in the area of technological innovation, particularly fintech. You find that uh, sandboxes where prospective regulation and fintech, for instance, uh, are tested, these abound in a number of jurisdictions. But by the same token, many jurisdictions hold off on regulation, preferring to be fast followers and letting others make the mistakes first. Interesting. That's a good segue into my next uh, question, which is what inspired you to write this book? Sure, Shalina, I've actually had a, a fairly long career. I think it must be around about 40 years now. And I, I guess I'm giving away my age here. But uh, I've been an, an attorney, an investment banker, as well as a regulator, amongst other pursuits. And I'm very passionate about capital markets. I saw a unique opportunity to bring different perspectives on capital markets together in a book. And also, in a way, it was a bit of a chance to give back. When I was in the private sector, 
I was engaged in profit-driven deal advisory or deal-making, often requiring an aggressive interpretation of regulation. Mm. As a regulator, I was on the other side of the transaction, the public-spirited or civic duty side, trying to get regulated entities to do the right thing. Interesting. So tell us more about the book, perhaps some key themes. Yes, indeed. Uh, the book is really divided into eight themes. The first theme, as you'd expect, obviously, is the provision um, of some sort of context for regulation. And here I begin by discussing investor protection as well as the efficiency and integrity of markets. Both of these are the bedrock of securities regulation. I also talk about the move from light touch regulation and market knows best to robust and intrusive uh, regulation. The second theme in the book is the global financial crisis or GFC. And clearly any discussion of securities regulation at this point in history cannot be complete without the discussion of the GFC. The GFC woke regulators up from their slumber and this resulted in more pronouncements at the, at the G20. These pronouncements were channeled into action through the Financial Stability Board and the pursuit of best practice has become a standard motivation for reform. More pressure was placed on standard setters, including the International Organization of Securities Commissions, or IOSCO, the standard setter for securities. And in fact, you may know that I was actually a board member of IOSCO for six years. Yes. The GFC resulted in the IOSCO principles increasing from 34 to 38 principles, with more emphasis on systemic risk. The third theme of my book is South Africa specific. South Africa is a G20 member. And yes, there are benefits of being a G20 member, but it also faces pressure to maintain the same pace of reform as other G20 countries. The reality is that most reforms are designed by and for developed countries. And as a result, many jurisdictions besides South Africa face the one-size-fits-all conundrum. Over-the-counter derivatives is an area affected significantly by this conundrum. The fourth theme of my book is policy, and this is policy within South Africa. In the context of regulation, numerous policy documents were issued, and uh, these policies are what motivated the need for reform in the financial sector, which includes uh, banking, insurance, pensions, and securities. The aim, as stated in these policies and repeated, several times, was the pursuit of best practice in line with international standards in the process. The fifth theme is the, the actual reforms in South Africa. And I begin by discussing some periodic review in the area of uh, regulation. There has been ongoing routine review, such as the upgrading of our Security Services Act to the financial markets. There has been somewhat more radical review I've already mentioned the OTC derivatives area. The pressure here has been to get them on electronic trading platforms or exchanges, increasing margin requirements and the use of central counterparties. Radical also for hedge funds. There has been pressure to bring them into the regulatory perimeter. And what we have done in South Africa is by declaring them to be collective investment schemes, but clearly distinguishing their essential features. Also, Credit rating agencies, that might be radical, 
And uh, you, of course, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that uh, during and around the crisis, many of their judgments were questioned. They ended up with very bloodied noses and the pressure was to bring them within the regulatory perimeter and we have done that mm. uh, in South Africa. I then deal with the structural reform and uh, I should point out that in South Africa the decision was taken to adopt the Twin Peaks model of regulation where the move is towards functional rather than sectoral regulation. The Financial Services Board or FSBSA was previously a non-banking financial services regulator. It became a market conduct regulator known as the Financial Sector Conduct Authority or FISCA. The FISCA is now responsible for market conduct regulation of all financial services concerns, including banks. The FISCA has, however, yielded prudential regulation of insurance entities and financial markets infrastructures to the prudential authority, which is housed within the central bank. The Financial Sector Regulation Act, or FISRA, was passed in 2018 to enable and facilitate the introduction and rollout of Twin Peaks. Therefore, so as to avoid a regulatory vacuum, sectoral laws such as the Financial Markets Act for Securities have remained in effect except to the extent that they are inconsistent with the FISRA. The idea is to have one act covering all financial services firms in due course. And as you can appreciate, this is an enormous task. Mm -hmm. We are therefore likely to see the coexistence of the sectoral acts and the FISRA for some time to, to come. As one can expect, this has caused some uncertainty in the market. The sixth theme is the actual practice of capital markets. And here I followed the capital markets value chain. I begin by differentiating between different securities, equity, debt, derivatives, and exchange-treated funds, amongst others. I look at both listed and unlisted securities. I look at CISs as a special class of security. I then examine the operations of trading platforms. Something that you should know is that of late, South Africa has four additional exchanges. This, of course, has implications for competition and challenges for regulatory capacity. I discuss investors and intermediaries, including stockbrokers and authorized users. I also look at public offerings, secondary trading and takeovers. I also look at the specific requirements for CISs. And here I distinguish, for instance, between the format of their offer documents and prospectuses, which tends to be much more detailed. And I also look at valuations and redemptions. Other financial services providers are also looked at, including a new class known as the over-the-counter derivatives providers. Any discussion of capital markets it would be incomplete without some reference to corporate governance. And I look at this in the context of the Companies Act and our own corporate governance code, known as the King Code. And allied to this very closely is, of course, audit. And I highlight some contentious issues, such as auditor rotation that have been faced in South Africa. I finish off this particular section by looking at financial markets infrastructures, such as clearinghouses, including central counterparties, trade repositories, central securities depositories, and settlement systems. The penultimate theme in the book is supervision. I make the point now that there is no room for light touch regulation. Rather, the requirements are that it should be risk-based, 
intrusive and effective. IOSCO also recommends risk-based supervision or RBS. And RBS is specifically enabled now in our FISRA. Although it is now enabled in the FISRA, it is relatively new in South Africa. I distinguish between a primary regulator and self-regulatory organizations or SROs. And I actually spend a few pages digging into the elements of RBS, one of my specialty areas with the Toronto Center. The final theme of the book is enforcement. This is currently being done in terms of the sectoral laws and FISRA, with the sectoral laws deferring to FISRA. The FISCA endeavors to adhere to IOSCO standards, such as the principle that the regulator should have comprehensive enforcement powers. Administrative proceedings, where the burden of proof is lower, tend to be utilized more than criminal proceedings. Administrative penalties can be quite severe, as in the cases of market abuse, specifically insider trading, where a penalty of three times profit made or loss averted can be made against the perpetrator. Thank you. Uh, just a quick follow-up for the benefit of our listeners. Can you quickly clarify what is a Twin Peak model? The Twin Peak model is where you have two pillars, in fact. The one pillar is the Prudential Regulatory Authority, and that particular pillar is very concerned with issues such as financial soundness. And you also find that stability of the financial system is housed within that particular pillar. And uh, the second pillar is concerned with the regulation of markets. And as I've mentioned, you find now that the FISCA also regulates banks in as far as they are involved in market, market activities, uh, focusing on the market conduct issues. Mm-hmm. And some of the more common market, uh, market conduct issues include mis-selling, suitability of products and that sort of thing. Okay, that's, that's good to know. Um, in terms of the eight themes, so all very important and interesting, insightful, uh, what would you like the readers to take away from this book? My target audience for the book is regulators, practitioners, capacity builders, students, and anyone interested in fundamental and contemporary issues in capital markets within and outside of South Africa. I wrote the book against the background of intense activity, positive and negative, in the financial sector. You may not be aware that uh, the South African capital market is the 19th largest in the world by capital market, by market capitalization. Mm-hmm. It is the largest in Africa and is relatively sophisticated. I therefore had to look in detail at influential developments in the financial sector, including the GFC, as I've already mentioned, activities of the G20, Financial Stability Board, IOSCO standards, and such European developments as the Markets in Financial Instruments Directive, MIFID 1 and MIFID 2. Mm-hmm. All this research is relevant to different markets. Okay, thank you. Um, that brings us to some closing uh, comments, perhaps, from you. Um, any final thoughts on the topic that uh, we're uh, discussing today for our listeners? Yes, I believe the book is a useful tool mm-hmm. for interested parties within and outside of South Africa. It will help them navigate the spectrum of policy, reform, law, and practice in securities and capital markets. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you very much.
once again, I'm here today in Zambia with Bert Chanesta, a Toronto Centre Programme Leader, and you've been listening to a Toronto Centre podcast on the go. Thanks for joining us and thank you, Bert, for your time. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.